Welcome to Southern New Hampshire University's Social Sciences podcast, Agents of Change. Here we invite students and professionals to chat with us on topics of inclusion and diversity, student success, and their learning experiences. In this podcast, we will hear insights and personal accounts of people who have persisted against the odds and impacted positive social change. Join us as we learn how we can all be positive agents of change. Hello and welcome to the podcast. So great to have everyone here with us again. So today we have a very special set of guests. This is the second in our student persistence series where we highlight different students who have overcome challenges, who have learned new things, who have garnered new experiences here at SNU that have helped propel them towards their educational and also their career goals. So today I'm your host, I am Dr. Hector Garcia, and it is a privilege here to welcome two special guests. The first one is SNU student, Dana Jingra. Welcome, Dana, nice to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much, so happy to be here. And we have our very own adjunct professor of criminal justice graduate program, Professor James Henderson. Welcome, Professor. So nice to have you here with us. Uh, thank you, Dr. Garcia. It's a true honor to be here, to be with you and also my former student, Dana. All right. We're going we're gonna to hear that whole story here soon. But what is the purpose of this student persistence series that we have here at Agents of Change? Well, it is to showcase and highlight areas where students have overcome challenges where they have learned here at SNU and have been able to apply those lessons into educational and career goals. And we have some very unique stories to tell. And today by far is no exception. So without further ado, let's get over to Dana and get her story. So Dana, please tell us a little bit about yourself while you describe your SNU learning experience and how it prepared you for your professional career. Well, I actually had no previous experience or education in criminal justice prior to starting this master's program. I was actually a professional ballet dancer for seven years prior to enrolling in this program and had trained for probably 20 years prior to that at pre-professional boarding schools for high school. I pursued my undergraduate degree in this. So this was the entire world I knew at that point. And I had made a decision at early 2020 to transition into at least retiring from my performing career, more so going into a different role, either a rehearsal director or something to that effect. And then a month later, the world shut down. And a, an industry that on a good year struggles to stay afloat economically, it seemed a better idea to transition into a different industry rather than try to make an impossible jump in the one I was in. So I was considering a bunch of options. And my father, who was actually a former intelligence analyst with the Army National Guard, uh, was having a conversation with me one day. And I'm sure thinking this was a one-off conversation that would go no further, suggested that uh, if I were had any interest in it, that he believed I'd be really good and have the you know mental capability to be a really good intelligence analyst. 
And that kind of sparked something in my brain. So I started to do some research. And that was what initially drew me to SNHU's criminal justice program for their concentration in advanced counterterrorism and homeland security. And um, it was honestly an amazing experience. I had a lot of challenges throughout it, but it was kind of crazy starting that and feeling like a fish out of water in a completely new environment and how all of my professors made me feel like I belonged and I was there for a new purpose. Um, in particular, I found my threat assessment course to be incredibly beneficial, but I'm sure we'll go into that a little bit more later. You know what? Speaking of that, we have Professor Henderson here who is the champion of our threat assessment course and who is one of the pioneers of developing the course and also teaching it. So, Professor, tell us a little bit about why Dana has highlighted and said that this threat assessment class was instrumental for her in this career change that she was experiencing. Yeah, I'd be happy to, Hector. Um, I would say kind of the setup. I, you know, I've been teaching the threat assessment since we developed it. And that course, one of the original goals was to have a, a level of authenticity to it. Uh, and I think we really met that. And I think I had been teaching it probably about four years uh, prior to Dana coming into the course, had some phenomenal students over the years, absolutely phenomenal. And, you know, this is my 16th year teaching college classes, and I've had thousands of students. But, you know, every once in a while, you get someone who is truly brilliant as a student. And that happened. Uh, it, it seems like it was yesterday, but it was a couple years ago. <laughs> Dana and I were talking about that. Uh, time goes quick. And and Dana came into her class. She shared her story with the whole class. She was a leader in that class from day one. And she's going to talk about her project. I'm going to, you know, uh, I'll, I'll expand on that later. But uh, she was truly an amazing student and uh, a great story. And I think when she goes through, she'll talk about a lot of the foundations that she learned from that risk framework process really transition nicely into her professional career. So uh, I think that's what the students get out of that course. And, and I can't wait to hear more about her experience. Well, and that's always interesting because uh, we as professors always feel that our, our classes are great and that they're set up perfectly and that we're preparing the students. But so oftentimes we're not sure of what happens when the students graduate. But today we have Dana here with us. And so tell us, Dana, then, since we're showcasing you here and Professor Henderson supporting you with that threat assessment class, what impact did that project or that class in threat assessment help you and how did it guide you along towards your goals? Well, let me first start out by saying that this threat assessment that I completed for CJ682 is the crowning jewel of assignments that I completed during my time with SNHU. Uh, it's the one I'm most proud of. Um, again, having had no prior experience in the field, as I was going to look for jobs, my education and my writing samples that were created throughout my time there were the entire criteria upon which I was being evaluated for these positions. So the integrity of this threat assessment in particular, I, 
I have a sneaky suspicion based on how everything played out, got me the position I have today. So as I mentioned, I, I was using that as my primary writing sample, sending it out. And I was directly contacting fusion centers across the U.S. And I had two directors contact me directly to schedule a phone call and then immediately an interview. And the position that I'm in currently, my first assignment was I was assigned to their strategic team. And my first deliverable was working on their first standalone threat assessment for the region. Given little guidance, I'm hoping that that had to do with their uh, faith in what they saw in the work that I sent to them initially with that threat assessment. But I would not have been able to even start at square one working on that massive undertaking had I not gone through this course. It, It was the most challenging course that I have been through, but probably the most rewarding. Again, it it gave me so many like ability to open so many doors by having that and having that framework, as he mentioned, of risk assessment, impact, mitigation, all of these concepts that you're constantly weighing to evaluate different threat issues. That was the first thing I had to do within the first couple months of being on this job. And I was doing it not for a single location as I did in the course. I was doing it on three different threat issues for the entire region. So it, it, this, this course was integral in me not only getting my job, but in being successful in uh, what I was tasked with. Well, that's excellent. So Dana mentions the class. And so Professor Henderson, tell us a little bit about what makes this class so powerful, something that would propel a person like Dana, who's obviously very bright, but in an element that she's not familiar with and seeking a career in that element. So what makes this class so special? What are the tenets of it that would lead one to be so well prepared that she sends a writing sample from the class and immediately secures two interviews from directors of intelligence related and threat assessment related organizations. So in your own words, tell us what you think makes this class so special and helps prepare the students for these careers. Great question. And I think a couple of things, the way it's constructed, a student can meet the requirements in this class. And that project could be in the 30 or 40 page level. And we celebrate when students meet requirements. However, within our rubrics in this class, we give the ability to students who really want to excel, that they can add as much research as they want. And one thing that Dana didn't really share is her project in our course was on a military installation. Again, she had no background in that, but she followed the process. And I'm going to walk through that process in a second, but her final project ended up being about 140 pages long. And every single sentence was chalked with critical thinking. She supported her determinations with research and high level research. Uh, it wasn't, um, you know, just kind of slapping something together, so to speak. So Dana learned the foundations of threat assessment from attack prevention, intelligence gathering, uh, identifying what is a critical infrastructure, threat identification, threat assessment, vulnerability, risk analysis. And then if an attack happens, well, you know, what's the results? 
So, uh, and then ultimately, you know, developing countermeasures, recommending countermeasures to leadership. And then, I mean, everything from Dana's executive summary through her analytical um, charts and worksheets that we did, phenomenal. And she doesn't know this, but when she had finished that, I always share it with the dean, the former associate dean, uh, Dr. Zarnick, and he looked at it and he said, this is so realistic. I really recommend that she password protect it. And so I told her, I said, Dana, you got to password protect this, put it in a PDF. And I, th I think she shared when she shared her writing example, she had to give the password. So that's the level that this student Dana did. And and I, I could never be so proud of her. And I'll just finish up with one last, uh, last thing is she doesn't know because now we, we can share this podcast. But prior to that, I have so many aspiring students that want to get into the field, intelligence or CJ. And I would tell Dana's story, but I couldn't name her, right? I could just give some little perspectives like, hey, students use their project in job applications, but now we can put that that uh, name to the story. And so it's it's really cool. Well, that, that's excellent. And so we're, we're always glad to hear that a real life example of what we have been saying to the students all along that if you apply yourself, you're coming from a professional ballet background into a major intelligence related position and nothing is really impossible for the student who applies themselves, who does the work, who puts the time in, who actually follows the material as it's presented and is able to, the important thing you said, apply that critical thinking. Because there's, one, there's such a thing as theories, and then there's another thing as practice. And it's the combination of theory and practice, when you synthesize those together, that made the biggest difference for Dana. So, but Dana, it's all sounds so easy for any student to say, oh, yes, I could do this. If Dana did it, I could do it. But was it such an easy journey as we may think it is? Or what, what were some challenges or obstacles that, that you faced uh, all the way from the beginning when you and your dad sat down and, and talked about this potential career change and how you would prepare for it? What, what were some of the things going through your head, what were some of the impediments that you faced? Well, starting from the beginning up to this very day, it'll come in imposter syndrome for sure. Uh, again, having having had no background and feeling like a fish out of water, I have to remind myself of the feedback I've gotten from my professors, from you know management now, and uh, that's something that I battle with on a daily basis. But one of the other biggest things that I found odd was previously my career was always my my life was so scheduled. I was told to be here at this date, this time, this room. I had a call board that had a list of every single person that is in each rehearsal every hour. So the concept of self-pacing for me was so foreign. And given a list of, you know, readings and deliverables and a due date learning to delegate my time for a way that was most conducive for me to be successful in the courses was incredibly difficult to navigate at first. And even starting the my work as an intelligence analyst was also difficult because it, there was never 
rarely a concrete deadline for anything. And you have 10 things you're juggling and learning. I found myself reverting back to some of the practices I used and discovered during my master's of making lists and prioritizing what to do first, what to do next, what day I should complete this by, um, but also balancing the other struggle I had, which was writer's block. I would find often that I would I would have days where I'd be on a roll. I'd get two assignments done in one day. And then there were days where I'd struggle for an hour on the first sentence of something, finally settle on it, and then still be unhappy with it and go back and change it later. So it, it was kind of juggling both of those. And I found both of those also to creep in you know, my current work. But one of the things that I found incredibly beneficial, and I don't think I would have been nearly as successful in this course otherwise, is Professor Henderson would provide for each section of the threat assessment that we were completing, um, uh, sections of previous students' threat assessments, names redacted, that for me, that was that was a lifesaver because, again, my previous work, I was shown something and expected to replicate it exactly after seeing it once. So if I'm given an example and given a barometer of, you know, what is acceptable, what is exemplary, just any sort of gauge for where my work is, that that is going to help me beyond measure. So that was one of the things I found made me feel so much more comfortable going forward with each section of the threat assessment. Um, uh, yeah, I feel like that's kind of the majority of it and just the general um, workload and mentally wrapping my brain around it because for my threat assessment course, I was also doing my capstone at the same time. So I feel like those are kind of two of the most difficult for that particular um concentration to be doing at the same time. And I don't think I had a weekend free for the last half of that term, <laughs> but I enjoyed every minute of it. So, you know, Dana, you hit on a lot of points that, you know, we've, we've spoken about here, not only in the podcast, but in, in separate meetings with students and orientations and, and all kinds of uh, settings with students and time management is, is critical. Time management, prioritization, avoiding procrastination, those are things that are challenging for anybody. And so nonetheless, someone who is attempting a career change in, in a foreign location that you're not sure about things. And, and what I'll ask Professor Henderson is, how do those strategies of adult learning that you seem to utilize based on Dana's description of what really helped her? were those visualizations. So she being more of a visual learner, I saw it once, I had it replicated, I saw where, what was exemplary, what was proficient, and I had it. So how, how do you incorporate those multi-elements of adult learning? Because some people are visual learners, others are auditory learners, others are kinesthetic learners. So how, how, did, how do you manage to hit all types of students, not only the visual ones? A couple of different approaches that I've taken, and, and again, I've been teaching for 16 years, either at the community college level, undergraduate, another university and graduate here, and is to try to apply different teaching methodologies because everybody learns different. But Dana, and, and so I use like videos, I'll use examples, and Dana hit on that. And I think that's really important because, you know, tell me to do something and I'll probably forget. Show me 
exactly what I need to do and I can learn from it, grow, I can make it better, I can internalize it, et cetera. And the interesting thing is threat assessment studied at the uh, university level is not very common. And so for this particular class, the way it was built is all of the student samples that I've developed, I've, I've retrieved over the years, really good stuff, Dana was a beneficiary of. And guess what? Students who came after Dana benefited from her work, you know, selections. And so Dana would be super proud to know that there's been some absolutely incredible projects after hers on a VA medical center. Uh, on that one, the student who was a law enforcement officer, his project actually went to the VA uh, inspector general to make some AI recommendations. And then we had another student who uh, was at, in the New Hampshire area doing a school district project and he worked there. But again, so that baton of excellence passed from one class to the next, to the next, refining and refining and growing. And so, and then the students I have running this semester are learning from the past students, but then they'll also help the next group. So when you talk about those instructional practices, um, I look at myself as a facilitator and helping to guide that student's learning journey. You know, I don't take that top-down approach, although, you know, you have to when you're grade and stuff, but I look at, I'm, I'm trying to help them grow from where they're at in life. And uh, so I appreciate that you sharing about those samples, Dana, uh, and just know that you were super instrumental in helping students who followed you. And that's, and that's great to hear because it's, it's a, a cycle of excellence that continues from student to student. And with that, with that type of information being passed down and those students using those resources, it will certainly propel many more students to reach the same heights that Dana has. And, you know, they just don't realize what they're, what they're getting and how these products and what they're learning here actually works out there. And Dana is our living example um, because of her diverse background, not having any experience in the field and being able to apply education to achieve the goal and achieve it well. So with that, I want to thank both of you for being here. But before we leave, I'm going to ask each of you, if you had one piece of advice to give a student, a nugget of information to provide to them to help them continue with their journey and be as successful as you, Dana, what would you tell those students? Well, I'd say you get what you put in. You get out of it what you put into it. So whether you're in it just for the degree, that's fine. But I found for me, I from the moment I started this course, for whatever reason, I latched on, I full teeth, latched onto it, and it helped me grow so much. And I, I put in a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into every assignment, and I found that that did nothing but benefit me going forward. I mean, honestly. So you get what you put in. Yeah, it's, it's grit and perseverance. And, and I believe that those are the keys that anybody can do it. Anybody can do it. 
but you got to win that mind game. You got to make it a priority that this is what you have to do. If it's for two years, fine. If it's for a year, if it's for this semester, you have to do it. She said, oh, there was that whole semester. I didn't have many weekends off. Right? That That's you're paying your dues. You're learning. So great. And Professor Henderson, we'd be remiss without asking you to provide us one great tip for these students who will probably be in your class one day. What are you, how are you going to prepare them? What, what nugget of information are you going to leave them with? Well, and I look forward to those future students, but I would say what Dana hit, I'll, I'll piggyback off what Dana said. And that is that number one, it's not easy to get those really good jobs. It is extremely competitive. You've got to set yourself apart. You do that by continual self-improvement. And we see that by students trying to get their master's degree, you know, continue to build up your resume and other areas, certifications and stuff. But, you know, growth can be uncomfortable and you got to be able to, to embrace that uncomfortable state and push yourself, continue to push yourself till you achieve your goal. Uh, I've had other students like Dana achieve those goals. And it's so rewarding as instructor. It's like a boost of energy. I will go back tomorrow to my class with renewed energy and I will reinforce to push yourself in every assignment you can to set yourself apart and never give up until you achieve that goal. And then someday you're going to be a SNU alumni and that degree is really going to mean something when you think when people see Dana's work professionally right now and they say, hey, hey where'd you go to school? And she tells them, they're going to be like, wow, okay, cool. I mean, that's really impressive. So, you know, push yourself, achieve those goals and, and embrace that uncomfortable state for a little bit. <laughs> yes, the pain is only temporary. So, and the reward is permanent. So that's something that we have to all remember. So I want to thank both of you for being here today. Uh, Dana, thank you so much for sharing your story uh, and helping us to encourage students to do their best through your example. So thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I very much appreciate the opportunity to inspire other students to keep trying no matter how hard it is. Excellent. And Professor Henderson, Thank you for your excellent facilitation. You always have the best students in class and producing the best products. And so we thank you immensely for bringing Dana to our attention and for your words today of encouragement and advice to the students. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you, Hector. Dana, it was great to be on the podcast with you. I am so super proud of you. I, I literally have goosebumps because these are times in an instructor's career that are just really special. So thank you for everything you've done to make the podcast happen, Dr. Garcia. Thank you again, uh, Dana, for being here. And uh, it was a true honor. So thank you very much, everyone. This is Dr. Hector Garcia, your host for this special episode of Agents of Change. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to Southern New Hampshire University's Agents of Change, a social sciences podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, rate and review us, and be on the lookout for more exciting episodes. Goodbye for now.